How are we doing, everybody? It is Fit of Food Radio, episode number 91, with me good self, Matty Boy Whitmore, Keris Marsden, of course, and today we have a phenomenal guest on the show, as always. And if you've been following Fit of Food for a while, be it on Facebook, the podcasts, or you know any other social media channel of ours, you'll know that we are big on daily movement, maybe going beyond your gym sessions or your runs or your hit sessions, whatever it may be. And sometimes just doing something a little bit more restorative, but something that just gets that body moving. So with that said, we have an amazing guest today. His name is Mark Freef. He is co-owner of the Freestyle Yoga Project here in Tunbridge Wells, which is our new digs now. Uh, since December and I have to say before I do jump over to to Mark and let him uh, say hello to you all and and I'm not just saying this because you sat next to me Mark (laughs) but Keris will back me up here I'm not a fan of yoga Um, and if I do ever go I normally go kicking and screaming and if I'm honest I did that when the first time I came to, to this class but your class was the first yoga class I actually truly enjoyed thank you and I came away didn't I Yes, you did. Was yeah. genuinely buzzing, and I was like, "Now that's that's a bit of me." That the way you did it, your delivery, your style of yoga, which is exactly why what well, why we got you on the show to sure. talk about kind of like your kind of ethos, your approach to yoga, and how it is different to everything that's out there. But first of all, Kerry Sala. Hello. <laughs> I should just mention um, I've mentioned you on the podcast before, Mark, because mm-hmm. I decided um, having attended one class, I'd been kind of playing with the idea of, of training. Um, to be a yoga instructor and um, I did one of your classes and I thought this is a style that I want to do because it was so new, it was dynamic, it was different. It was everything that we had kind of done with our kettlebells and bodyweight training when we were kind of running group training. Um, I'm going to let you explain the kind of concept behind it but um, yeah so I signed up to your yoga teacher training and it's been an amazing journey. You guys have transformed my perception of yoga and it's something that's going to stick with me for life so I'm always most days I do something (laughs) not as good as you guys (laughs) but you're such an inspiration so yeah you could we should hand over to you now let you tell us about your journey because I know Mm -hmm. you've been all around the world you've had some amazing adventures in Mm -hmm. yoga and you've really evolved your approach to it so um, yeah over to you really tell us about about yourself well uh, first of all thank you for uh, inviting me to do this Um, and um, much of what I'm going to say is obviously going to be from my perspective but just uh, to point out that I am uh, as you said uh, Matt a co-owner along with my wife Anna who I'm sure will um, add her views at a later date Um, but basically my journey I mean I've been into physical discipline since I was a kid since I I was inspired by Bruce Lee movies back in the um, early to mid 70s and sneaking into X movies to catch, uh, check him out. But um, I just wanted to be Bruce Lee right from the get-go. So I did um, take up uh, Laogar Kung Fu very, very early. I did that for 15 years. But I stopped doing it when I was being encouraged to become a boxer, basically. And that's not what I signed up for. I signed up for fitness and uh, confidence and also being able to you know, take care of myself in certain situations. So I ended up carrying on but leaving the club uh, and at the same time taking up Greco-Roman wrestling and fencing. So I was always very much into, um, I suppose, solo uh, fitness as opposed to team fitness. But everything I was doing, it seemed to be uh, about competing against somebody else. And that was the only thing that kept 
niggling away and I, I knew I was looking for something else but I had no idea what it was and anyway that, uh, that around this time I got involved in the music industry and I spent most of my life in the music industry but the last five years um, of my time in the music industry I ended up picking up yoga and I picked up yoga I think if I'd have uh, witnessed a demonstration by somebody sitting in you know lotus position and and kind of chanting on or whatever. Yeah. I'd have just walked in the opposite direction. <laughs> I was going to say that. That's not Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah. um, but I was lucky enough to see a demonstration of Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga by the late Derek Island, who ended up being my first teacher. He was charismatic. He was strong. He had these long, flowing blonde locks. He was just not... He, was more, he looked more like a, um, a gymnast than yeah. what you expect a yoga practitioner Mm. to look like anyway i was just like man whatever he's doing i saw in the program it was a mind body spirit show in 94 95 uh that i attended in london and uh whatever he's doing i want to do that it looked like a mix between uh, martial art and gymnastics and dance i didn't recognize any of the yoga references because that was outside of my my experience but anyway, the very next week after this demonstration, I picked up uh, his classes in London and, um, and then it didn't stop. So I was going to London every weekend for wow. a good couple of months until, and I was in Warwickshire at the time um, until I found somebody local. Wow. And it was definitely Ashtanga Vinyasa that spoke to me because it was so dynamic. Um, and so I spent more time studying that particular uh, style of yoga than I haven't been, if you sort of mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and that, that served me. It served me for a long time because I didn't really know any different. But was that was that you very much as just a participant then? Yes. If that wasn't you kind of thinking, I, I want to be a teacher? Not at all. Or, oh, no. okay. I, I had no... I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind. And t- so I was doing this. I was just studying for five years. And it was actually my teachers at the time <clears throat> who... Um, a few of my teachers at the time who were encouraging me, you know, you've, you've, you're doing quite well. You ought to think about teaching. And in fact, it was one teacher who uh, said, you know, called me up one evening and said, I can't make class, I'm ill, can you cover my class? Oh, wow. And I was like, uh, yeah, all right, I guess. <laughs> I mean, luckily enough, I knew these people, yeah. so they gave me an easy ride. But it was like one of those epiphanies. I just thought, man, this was, I loved that. I mean, it was a natural show-off anyway. I've been a singer in <laughs> punk rock bands for X amount of years. So it, that projection and holding a, gr- a group of people in my hand that came relatively easy, you know. Yeah, yeah. And also I knew my stuff. This was five years into studying, so I knew what I was doing. Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga was very much a set system, just like other systems of yoga, Iyengar or Drew or whatever it is. Um, and so it was easy to remember and take people through. But it wasn't until much later after I'd been, I started teaching in uh full-time in uh, the year 2000. It wasn't until much later that I was starting to get a bit frustrated, and I wasn't quite sure why. When I started looking over the fence at other systems of yoga, then I realised, oh, well, I thought this was kind of complete, but I actually started finding other things in a softer yoga class or just a different yoga class that I'd never experienced before. And I thought, well, surely I should be investigating those as well, not to learn a different style of yoga, but just to get some more information. Like explore. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Being really open and taking off any kind of blinkers. 
coincidentally, I was in New York City um, on, on, on uh, visiting friends and um, checking out bands. And uh, I went along to a, a yoga class. Um, my friend was a teacher at this yoga studio called the Cooler Yoga Project. And suddenly it hit me. It was so refreshing to have uh, these... A lot of them were ex-Ashtanga Vinyasa yoga practitioners and some Jivamukti yoga practitioners who then decided to take it somewhere else. And that somewhere else seemed to be a little more grounded in um, a contemporary approach to yoga. Um, and it was a little more freewheeling. And it, anyway, it really spoke to me. So when I got back home, I ended up kind of practicing in one way, almost in secret, but still teaching my trad Ashtanga Vinyasa. But then this, and I kept going back to New York City to train with them every year. And more and more, I realized, okay, I don't, I, I can see the anomalies in this system of yoga. I can see the, um, the, the holes. It's not as scientifically worked out as I thought it was. Hmm. And that's not me getting on A.V. Wise case. You could say that about any physical discipline, and especially certain systems of yoga. They can't be complete and perfect. But anyway, it did, le- it did uh, lead me to investigate more what else can I bring into my own practice that's a little more me rather than just uh, kind of uh, following the same old dogma. Also around this time because I'm a card-carrying militant atheist (laughs) I realized that so much of what I'd been talking about was in fact based on Hindu mythology and that was okay I thought you had to buy into that stuff to do yoga but in fact you don't you can just breathe you can move you can do the position and you don't have to buy into any of that stuff so that was quite refreshing for me too all of this was happening at the same time and I realized okay I do no longer want to teach or indeed practice traditional Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga anymore I want to do my own thing um and it was definitely influenced by my time in New York. By this time, I was running regular classes. I was running workshops up and down the country, running retreats abroad. Um, and it, it actually, around this time, it was a little scary because I thought, well, if, if it's suddenly my thing, Mark Freeth Dynamic Yoga, who's going to come? Yeah. Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga was a brand. And in yeah. the, you know, in the uh, 90s, end of the 90s it was quite an inflated bubble because Sting, Madonna, Jerry yeah, Halliwell yeah, were yeah, yeah. everybody and I was beating people off with sticks you know it's like I've never had so much cash in my pocket and I thought if I don't do this anymore are people going to come but I, I knew that I needed to be true to myself yeah and, and also I'd started running teacher training programs at this point Ashtanga Vinyasa teacher training programs and I thought not only have I got to work out how I'm going to uh, create my own little take on all this but then if I'm going to run teacher training programs how do I teach other people to become teachers of this non-style yeah. but I knew I had to do it and one of my driving forces was harking back to Bruce Lee who started out doing trad Wing Chun Kung Fu mm-hmm. and then developed his own you know Jeet Kune Do because yeah, yeah, he created his own style didn't he based Absolutely. on yeah And the interesting thing is, and this didn't occur to me until much, much later, um, was that he was picking up not only different styles of martial arts, but also picking up things from uh, Western wrestling and boxing, you know. So I thought, okay, that's a big... He was such an influence, and if it was good for Bruce Lee, it's good enough for me. Yeah, yeah. So I took a year off running teacher training programs while I worked all this stuff out, and I came back with 
the Freestyle Yoga Project, and that's what I decided to call it. So even though this studio and the name and the brand is Anna's and mine, it started out as a um, before I met Anna. Um, and Freestyle, because we were talking about this earlier, so we're at liberty to do what the hell we like and change our minds tomorrow morning, you know. Um, And uh, project, because it's never going to end, it's not going to stop evolving. Uh, And this is connected deeply with the last four or five years where we've been moving more in movement circles. Mm -hmm. And so we've been picking up things from gymnastics and capoeira and contemporary dance uh, and, and and martial arts yeah. and um, weaving all of this stuff in and not so that it's a kind of bitty kind of okay well this is the martial art type class and this is the uh, gymnastic it all takes place within the context of FYP yeah. Freestyle Yoga Project and man it was the best move I ever made and it was a very very tough time for me financially in this early transformative time because I was quite right. Nobody was coming to class. Oh, no. Wow. I was Absolutely. going to say, or did people rock up and then just look horrified yeah, at and what I you had asked them to do? my trad AVY <laughs> students leaving in droves. Really, yeah. And wow. it was, you know, it was a tough time. It was a depressing time. I, you know, was just, um, yeah, and there, were, there was personal stuff going on as well. Uh, and But um, what started to turn it round was meeting Anna, and she taking on my teacher training program. So she did my early version of the FYP teacher training program. And then we, you know, became lovers and we got married. Oh. And um, and then the, I had to pop another question. Do you want to open up a studio? And she said, yeah, of course. It was the next thing that we had to do. And um, we wouldn't have been able to do it without our very, very good friend's help, uh, Amy and her family in New York City, who became our patrons. You know, they're extremely lovely people, and they, you know, they wouldn't mind me saying they're very wealthy, and they only put their money where um, they think it, it deserves to be, and they do this a lot with lots of other people. Mm. And we were lucky enough to have their support to set up this studio. It wouldn't have happened then at that time without their help um and so it was the best move we ever made it best thing it's been you you guys know running a business it's hard but man having a base uh and other people who've been through this said as well as your thing the the venue itself the studio itself will draw people but if you're you know true to what you believe in it's got to work if it's good and credible mm. and you can hold your head up and in fact i remember when amy uh, was helping us with all this and she said are you sure about that that name mark freestyle yoga freestyle sounds like uh, uh, a hip-hop band <laughs> and, and projects i can think of the projects in in yeah. uh the bronx and and <laughs> yeah in uh, in williamsburg uh, i said no no it has to be that and um and we haven't looked back and so that was the beginnings of the Freestyle Yoga Project studio. We've been open four years, and here we are now. Awesome. Wow. I was going to say, can you give um, our listeners an idea, because you've talked about this on the teacher training course, Where, what was the original kind of uh, role of yoga? What, how, how did it come about, and how has it evolved, but also then kind of how you guys have evolved it? Because you've mentioned in class... Um, triangle is the one I always remember and you kind of go after a while it doesn't really serve you there aren't many sure. times in your day where you just 
you know, kind of rep out triangle pose in the middle yeah. of a supermarket or anything. Yeah. So it doesn't translate in terms of how we move today. Mm-hmm. So could you give a kind of, I know that the history is going to be long, but like a brief history of what it was designed yeah. for. I, I was, uh, I remember someone saying it was a warm up for meditation. And originally, well, what, what is, is a right? triangle? Triangle pose. We're going to demonstrate. Because so, yeah. it looks like a triangle. Oh, that, 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 that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think about it. Okay, I've been taking him through all these sequences. <laughs> yeah, I just expect him to remember it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing about yoga is, and a very, very potted uh, brief history, is that yoga was all yoga was was sitting on the floor and meditating. That's all it was. It was meditation. Than yeah, exactly. Else, yeah. And there were only a, it was a very, very rarefied uh, thing to do because only men were allowed to do it oh, and wow. only holy men, sadhus, were allowed to do it. It, it, was, it was a rarefied activity. Um, and certainly all the Sanskrit uh, that is a com- Sanskrit being like uh, India's version of Latin. It's a dead right. language that's had an impact on other languages. But um, that's it, very good. That by the way, it just says "dad na 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 na." I guess that asana na at yeah. the end of every word. Most <laughs> for a long, long time. But the thing is, later on, um, it, beca- it it was layered on with doing physical. Um, postures. Uh, I actually don't. There are certain also English words I don't like using in in this kind of context. I just use the word positions. Posture and pose have different connotations. So when you hear, you know, a triangle pose or a crow posture, it, it doesn't. If you look in the de- dictionary, you look at the word pose and posture. They have different definitions. So I prefer to use the word positions. But anyway, um, later on, a more physical element got added to. Uh, this this meditative right. uh, activity, and much much later on, you know, women were allowed to yeah. do yoga, and the whole thing opened up, and that's great. You know, it suddenly became something that you could do physically rather than just um, uh, a meditative practice. But it still carried its dogma throughout. So it was still rooted in Hindu mythology. It still had its rules and regulations. And you've got to do it like this uh, and not do it like this. And then there were different schools of yoga. So, you know, there was a constant uh, evolution. And I think that's great. It's fine that it, it kept speaking to different ages. And I really think that Ashtanga Vinyasa yoga was a phenomenal time uh, during that evolution because its founder, Krishnamacharya, was a clever man. Um, In the 1920s in uh, the Mysore Palace in Mysore in southern India, uh, he was teaching his Hatha Yoga class. And and Hatha Yoga, was it had a a physical element to it, but it was still quite gentle. And uh, numbers were low in his class. And uh, he was uh, teaching out of the Mysore Palace and uh, down the road, uh, this is the time of the Raj, of course, down the road, down the corridor, was a, a gymnastics class being run by some drill sergeant or other packed class. And so he decided to incorporate some of the gymnastic and more physical elements into his trad yoga uh, approach, and boom, his numbers were up again. So he, <laughs> along with a couple of his students, created Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga. Uh, I've really simplified this, but... Uh, there are going to be a lot of yoga, trad yoga people out there are going, no, 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 that's not the way it happened. It happened this way. Uh, but I'm afraid the uh, that way is an apocryphal story. And oh, really? um, okay. all we need to do is just look at the, um, the, the, the books that have been written by people who've done the research. 
And this basically exploded yoga mostly into the West. Yeah. And suddenly you had lots of people in America and then Europe who were practicing this very, very gymnastic version of yoga. But it still was a case that it was still based on static poses. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, and at some point, going back to uh, 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 something that you mentioned earlier, Keris, about um, certain positions won't serve you after a certain time. Mm. So we can, and even though we're on radio and you can't see what I'm doing, I'm going to do it anyway. If I'm in this position where I've got a wide stance and I've got a bent leg and a straight leg, I'm reaching opposite directions of my arms, I'll never be able to touch that wall. I'll never be able to touch that wall. So what am I doing it for? <laughs> I might do it to strengthen this leg, but over time, oh, well, I can now stay here for three hours and not break a sweat. So what's the next step? First of all, we have to ditch the position that doesn't work for us anymore, and I think we have to move. We have to move. And I was talking about this kind of thing without knowing that there was a movement culture going on in the background. Yeah. And it wasn't until a, a buddy of mine, um, Abby Hoffman, who heard me banging on about all this stuff online and said, I think you should check out this guy. And she put a little video up of, this was about uh, five, five years ago, a video portal. And I, my jaw was on the floor. <laughs> and I, I, I saw that he was coming to the UK to run a Movement X two-day workshop, which was completely full. And I was kind of, I, I'm going to miss him. This where, is ex- where was that? This was in London. Um, and it was in a CrossFit gym. And I yeah, can't remember. Was it, was it, was it called uh, CrossFit 360 or something like that? Or... Wasn't run by a guy called Ed Brown. Yes. Yeah. 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 We were. I was thinking when you said five years ago. I was thinking. Mm. I think that's one we were thinking of going to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. See. So and well. man, it just—it was a complete game changer for me. Complete and utter game. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just don't say the c word. Oh no. no. <laughs> Halfway through the first day, I texted Anna. Um, and it was just a one-word text with an X at the end saying, fuck! <laughs> and she texted back saying, what, in a good way or a bad way? And I went, man, this is just awesome. A complete game change. It changed every... And, and we, we talked about this earlier. I thought I was strong mm-hmm. uh, from doing Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga and all my other... Te- my own take on this, but Ido showed me that I wasn't as strong as I thought I was. And what was missing was a lot of old school calisthenic work. Yeah. yeah. Using a hanging bar, using gymnastic rings, yeah. using small weights, but also movement. You know, it's become a bit of a trendy word to say animal movement, but I think that misses a few things. There are certain movements that we indulge in here and that I've experienced with the likes of Tom Wexler and Marlo Fiskin. Uh, Edo himself and Yuval Eilan, our handstand teacher, that are more like contemporary dance than animal movement. Yeah. Uh, trying to emulate animals actually makes me think of yoga again because there's so many yoga positions that have animals' names. And so I think that's a little limiting. I just love the idea of gymnastics and dance. Not that I want to be one of those. Yeah. I just want to steal their stuff and weave it into what we do. Anyway... Ido was a game changer for me. Well, it must have been because we've, we've been following uh, Ido Portal. Uh, I've been calling him Ido Portal for a long time. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, someone correct me now, so don't, don't ever call him that to his face. <laughs> Apparently he doesn't like it. So, yeah. Uh, Ido Portal does sound a bit more luxurious yeah, as well. Rolls off the tongue a little yeah. And, um, again, same thing. You know, I mean, the guy's in absolutely phenomenal shape. Mm-hmm, and, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, his feats of strength are yeah. absolutely amazing. And I kind of feel that 
for me, I know whenever we've done courses, you know, we've never done anything with Edo Portal, but when we have worked with other coaches, such as when we worked with Steve Cotter, who's a kettlebell guy, mm-hmm. um, but he was very, even so big on movement, wasn't he, in calisthenics. Yeah, and he, and even, even his warm-up for <coughs> lifting kettlebells, I was like, wow, like, I feel so limber and yeah. just everything just feels nice and ready rather than the typical warm-up of just do a few sets at a lighter weight yeah. before going into it. And I was like, God, I really like this. And I, I think actually that was my first real kind of insight into more movement-based stuff and how good it kind of made me feel and yeah. how, and when he started incorporating it into, in between like kettlebell sets with heavy weights and whatever, and I was yeah. like, oh, okay, actually I quite, I quite like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say the, the dance element that you're talking about, and even if it's just more of a movement and transitioning, it adds so much coordination to it. Like, sure. you know, it really challenges you on, mm. on, a, on a kind of mental level as well. And mm. I know when I first came to your class, I'd done Bikram, I'd done Vinyasa, I'd done rocket yoga. So I kind of thought, you know, I'm, I'm fit and I'm strong, I've done kettlebells, I can run. But the way you were making me move in this different way was, just, you know, my brain was kind of spazzing out a little bit. Like, I don't know yeah. how to touch my toe with this hand. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's what, and I remember it flying by. And still now, both yours and Anna's class just fly by because... I'm just so I'm so focused on not falling on my face at the most point, but trying to get this hand there and that hand there, and, and also trying to look as graceful of you as you two, which never happens. But it is really nice to be able to kind of add that element to sure. yoga. So you're still getting the mobility, you're still improving flexibility. Mm-hmm. Yes. You guys do a lot of that. You still do some static stretching, don't yeah, of you? Of course, in, in yeah, class. it's got its place. Yeah. But my, I have to say, one of my favourite moments is when you say, right, Matt's off, out the way. <laughs> and then it's like, out come the stick, or we're going against the wall. And I'm like, yes, what are we doing? Yeah, and I love that, you know, yeah. whether it be... And also the locomotion work, which again is something that, you know, we've developed, we've added our own pieces and we picked up other pieces from other uh, instructors. But essentially it came from Edo. I'd never come across the, the term locomotion work. So like, what does that mean? But getting from one end of the room to the other in you know crawling jumping rolling you know that kind of thing it's just it was so liberating that's Mm. that's one of the main things it's almost like so there are no rules as long as you're um it's progressive and you're warming up as you were saying in a careful kind of way yeah you know even some people's version of a warmer you know tear something you know yeah yeah um but it just made perfect sense and and your your comment there about you know making you think and it having some effect on your, your mental capacity, that coordination thing, it's been shown that we're firing new neural pathways the more complex movement we indulge in. It just makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just, we just love playing. You know, and, and we consider that part of our training is being online and researching new stuff as long as we do something with it and not sit with a can of beer and pizza. And you're like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, look at, find it online, go in there, try Have it out. Practice. See if it works. If it sticks, it it moves into, into class. If yeah. it doesn't, one of two reasons, it's not for me uh, or Anna, or it's... Um, or, or maybe it's too hard too early. So we have to be careful. We knew, sometimes we'll go uh, to uh, a course, like recently I went on the AMN course, Movement Intelligence, AMN uh, Applied Movement Neurology, came back brimming with all these new ideas, knowing yeah. that if I threw all this into the first couple of classes, I'm just going to lose everybody, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's important to kind of eke this information. Well, I think so, it's, I've always said that, you know, like, similar to what we we did with like fitter london when we were doing our group training was very much i suppose they're the exact same but more from a kind of i suppose a 
lifting weights perspective, wasn't it? And, um, you know, we kind of took what we felt were the best bits of, mm. of all these courses. We didn't become set in our ways of like, this is how you need to do everything. Exactly. And, mm. and kind of like started taking all the little best bits and combining it mm. into a class mm. to where people... People knew they were going to get an awesome workout. People knew they were probably going to do a bit of kettlebell work, a bit of bodyweight work, maybe some dumbbells, whatever. Mm -hmm. But they never really knew what they were going to do. Yeah. And I think that's, a, I suppose, the, the beauty of, of your classes as well sure. is that, you know, the, 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 the times that I have come, and, you know, I could probably do it coming a little bit more often, but um, <laughs> it's... Uh, I always come in, I have a genuine excitement because mm -hmm. I'm a bit like, oh, yeah. like, what, what are they going to do yeah. today? Whereas, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not just saying this because you're here. And I no, want to make that yeah. very, very clear because normally when I've, when I've done yoga before, I'm like, I'm, I'm constantly like, oh, what's the time? Mm -hmm. How long left now? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm actually quite bored now. Sure. I'm not, I'm actually not enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Whereas there's been a lot of the times when we've done the hour and a half class And, and I'll be honest with you, I've been completely humbled as well because, you know, I consider myself a fit and strong guy, mm -hmm. which I am, mm -hmm. but I'm a certain type of fit and strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and then you put me in a room full of like, you know, like 20 other people who, and I feel like I'm probably the least experienced, if you like, in that field. And it, and it is humbling to be, to not be able to do things that I think you assumed you could sure. do. And I think a lot of people are like that. They kind of almost live in cuckoo land of yeah. what well, you know I could probably do that if I wanted to yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. try it and you're like mm, no actually no Absolutely. no I can't yeah. and, and I think that's the that's the key for me is kind of like having that that balance between knowing what you enjoyed when you kind of went on your travels and mm -hmm. you've done this course that course with whoever else but then going right it's all in good me enjoying it but how can I put this across in a way to where I, I think you know, ultimately the 30 people in front of me mm -hmm. are going to enjoy it, not feel intimidated, mm -hmm. not feel put off, you know, not maybe feel like they were getting somewhere and now all of a sudden, yeah. you know, they've regressed. Yeah. And, and I think that was always the hard bit, wasn't it? You know, we kind of yeah. wanted there to be enough variety for them to go, oh, yeah. that's really good, but not so much so to where people feel like they're not actually getting anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I was going to say, the way it normally plays out in, in your class, Mark, is you'll introduce a new movement and you'll go here's the first bit and it's usually a very easy easy-ish version still usually it'll, it still often is complicated for first time you do it and then you'll go now we can add this bit now we can and you build on it and we all watch we know we're never gonna be able to do the last thing you show us that's a given <laughs> probably the second to last either because it's usually your hands your, your feet are going off the floor and but again both you and Anna provide to the class a really nice kind of journey that we can all see ourselves do. And Absolutely. week on week, it's like, okay, now I've got to the second stage yeah. of that movement. Yeah. One day, maybe. I mean, I think <laughs> this is it. The floor. If we can posit, because we're, we're constantly challenging ourselves in terms of what we do. And so part of our job, and you know this as instructors yourself, is to then positively challenge your students. Yeah. But we've always got to teach who's in front of us. And this is one of the things that I learned and we developed is that um, uh, developed... In, in our context here, not that we were the first people to think of it, but in terms of instead of having a set uh, system of Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga and going in and teaching the same old, same old, everybody knows what to expect. But what about when, uh, you know, the, the person walks into class who's completely, you know, inhibited and maybe carrying injuries and not very fit at all? What about if you're going to teach the same old, same old to this Very, very group in front of you. It's not going to apply to certain people. Mm. Not you know that whole you know one size doesn't fit all. So we can have a plan of like uh, 
oh yeah, this class, generally it's superheroes walk in, so I'm just going to do a handstand class. Yeah. And then majority of the people who walk in are beginners. We've got to, as instructors, gear down. And if I think, oh, this is a class where the less experienced walk in and then suddenly 10 superheroes walk in, I've got to gear it up. We've always got to teach who's in front of us. Yeah. We've got to be able to turn our plan. We've got to ditch the plan. But that takes experience. And going back to the teacher training program, this is something that uh, we're trying to instill in our trainees is that you've got to be... I mean, I know how this is going to sound, but we're making stuff up all the time in class. But... We've had the experience of how to do that. We've got a kit bag in our mind of a million and one positions and sequences that we can call on whenever we need them. Well, would you not say as well, like, because when we were doing the Fit London classes, we would, you know, we, we would plan to a degree what we were going to do. Sure. Um, however, you know, you, for us, we always said the class we do is very much based on who walks in the room. Absolutely. Because at the time, we had no idea who was coming on the day. You know, mm. we could rock up, we could have eight people, we could have a room full of 25 people, you know, or anywhere in between. It yeah. could be mostly men, mostly women, or a 50-50 balance. You know, we could have a load of new people rock up. So it's all good having something planned. But then, like you say, if you've got 70% of the room that are quite advanced and 30% that have never touched a kettlebell or whatever, mm-hmm. then, of course, you can't stick to your plan. Like, you need to be able to adapt and I suppose the same can be said for you know correct me if I'm wrong here but if you look at I suppose the the vinyasa yoga and a a kind of a typical sequence whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like Mm -hmm. and then you get a load of newbies that have come in the room that have maybe all come together from the office down the road Mm -hmm. because they've all got absolutely shocking posture and rounded Mm -hmm. shoulders and you know like they're you know because they've been slumped over a desk all day long Mm. and all of a sudden you might look at this group and think oh 80% of these people are from down the road and could really do with some stuff that's going to really open up their chest mm-hmm. and you know improve their kind of posture. I think this group would benefit much more from doing something like that. Absolutely. And I think that for me is really powerful rather mm-hmm. than being like, yeah, this is a vinyasa class, this is a Bikram class, which was Bikram, like the same 30 blinking poses or something, isn't <laughs> yeah, it, every yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. And I just think, like, and I suppose you could say, but with Bikram, you know what you're getting. So if you've turned up to a class, like you... You know, you can't say it was like falsely advertised because it kind of is what it is. Um, but but yeah, I think where where at what point did you kind of realise that you know I suppose with the freestyle element that that was quite a what I suppose quite an important factor of what you guys did in in that power of adaptation depending on mm. who you had in the room on the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it certainly. It, 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 there was there wasn't like a, an overnight thing. It was definitely a, an organic, drawn out process that took a lot of thought and just um, and, and questioning. You know, this was the other thing that back in my trad yoga days, I ended up being the trad one meaning tra- uh, traditional. traditional yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I ended up missing out on a... <laughs> another system. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was. I, I always felt like I was the one who was looking around as the teacher was talking, looking around, thinking, "Is it just me, or do I not understand that, or do I? I what? Um, what does that mean? I don't understand. You know, I need to ask a question. So I would ask, kind of, really hesitantly. You know, kind of. Um, anybody else here? Can I ask the question? And often, and I'm slightly generalising, but often it would be, well, it's just the way it's always been done. Yeah. That, and that never was good enough for me. I just inwardly thought, you don't know, do you? No, I need yeah. to ask somebody else. So that when I when I started sifting through all the information and realising this doesn't make any sense, so what do I do with it? It goes in the bin. I've got to find so just paring it down. So it was definitely um, an ongoing process that I realised. 
I need to have different sets of material for different classes, but it's still under the umbrella in our case. And there are other organisations who think along similar lines or individual instructors, but it's all under the umbrella of the Freestyle Yoga Project. And, of course, that, that, that project and that freestyle name means that we're, we can bring in other stuff. So sometimes I'll be introducing some martial arts-type drill or contemporary dance-type drill. The student, unless, I, unless I flag it up, the students don't know it. They can't see the join. They can't yeah. see that scene, you know. It just flows because we played with it. We trialled it on ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, and then we've wo- woven it into the, the, the class situation. Um, but I love the idea. And I, the thing is, I don't want to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. I'll often say, we picked this up from Marlo Fiskin, who started out as a pole dancer and now is the um, she runs Flow Movement in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, and, man, she's an athlete. You know, she's a total... You know, inspiration, um, and so we want to name check our sources too. But at the end of the day, nobody owns this stuff. It's yeah, like yeah. we adapt it, and then suddenly it's ours. Yeah, and I think I'm a bit more inclined to drop the names of where I pick stuff up from a little more than I should. But it's only because I'm excited and inspired. But at some point, it does become ours, and then when I run a workshop in. Cheshire as I did recently and I pass it on to these guys and most of the people who come to our workshops are teachers suddenly it becomes theirs yeah. you would hope that they would say pick this up from FYP yeah. but it doesn't matter if they don't anyway because we've got more stuff like that coming yeah, yeah. You know? and you guys don't use the traditional yoga Sanskrit the language no. so which as a teacher trainer is an absolute godsend <laughs> doing your course because I've had friends who've sat there learning that and I've kept thinking well that's just and like you are, and they've done essays as part of the course, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, and gone away and had to do a lot on kind of things that I kept thinking, well, what's that got to do with the, the purpose here, which is you know to, to teach the movement, teach the flexibility, mobility, whatever I kind of perceived yoga to be about at that time. But the language for me was one where I just and, and Matt would giggle at it because we just didn't get it. Why would you teach in a completely alternative language? And for someone like um, I'm teaching my parents. You know, that, this is just going to be a whole new level of, you know, they're trying to learn Portuguese and I'm teaching them, you know, Sanskrit. yeah, another language as well. So. It, it, well, this is it. It's not a second language class. And that's what was another realised. And, you know, I, I, I constantly lose buddies from the traditional yoga uh, world because of this kind of thing. It's yeah. like, well, Mark, you're not doing yoga. I, I remember one guy who I considered a friend uh, who said, hey, you're, you're doing mere gymnastics. And when I analysed it, at first I was affronted. I was thinking, what do you mean, mere gymnastics? You know? And then I thought, hang on, maybe that's a compliment. Gymnasts, man, they're gods that walk yeah. amongst humans. Yeah, you know? Yoga does not have the ownership on focus, on breath control, on abdominal control. If you're a professional gymnast or a professional dancer... You've got that in spades, otherwise you're going to hurt yourself or you're not going to win the competition or whatever it is. Yoga is just another discipline that uses these focus points, Uh, but it's not the only one, you know. Um, So actually, in in retrospect, oh, that's great, great compliment. I wish we could get more of those, but (laughs) it wasn't meant as a compliment. Yeah, yeah, it was very much like you're moving so far away from what this was. And now I'm glad. You know what? Uh, The whole Sanskrit thing, it does get in the way because a lot of it doesn't make any sense. And that's okay because it came from an oral tradition anyway. Mm -hmm. Later on it was written down, but then 
you look at one book and you look at another, then the big differences, lots of anomalies. And I was taught Sanskrit by a Sanskrit scholar, Richard Freeman, and well, I, I did my teacher training with him in uh, 2003 in Colorado. And so, you know, I know my stuff. Yeah. And so um, even if I didn't know my stuff, I'd be, uh, I'd be um, justified in ditching it if I didn't think, if yeah. I thought it got in the way. Yeah. But I do know my stuff, and much of it is completely and utterly irrelevant to what we're trying to do here. And same for the breathing. So you briefly mentioned uh, the yoga breathing, because I've been in classes where we've, the first five minutes we've been doing this <laughs> breathing, which actually freaks me out a little bit sometimes, doesn't it? The kind of, it's pranayama breathing, isn't it? And Bikram, they do it for... Gosh, I can't remember how many you do in Bikram. Yeah, Is it yeah. start or end now? I can't yeah. remember. And, and you do. kept saying, I, I just don't understand the relevance here of, of doing this. I feel silly. And, mm-hmm. But you guys don't do that, do you? No, we used to. We yeah. used to uh, teach. And there are many, many different types of breathing techniques. But, you know, essentially, most of them are down to, to try and help you um, chill out and meditate. You know, mm-hmm. that's what they're for. But now we don't. We just say breathe fully and deeply. I mean, yeah. if you're doing hardcore physical exercise and you're not breathing efficiently, yeah, yeah. you're going to fatigue. Um, so that's all that people need to learn how to do. Uh, and that can be tricky for some people who, are not, who don't, don't come from a, a, you know, a physical background. But there's no need to separate those breathing techniques down any further than that, in our opinion. Yeah. You know, and, and we fully are prepared to you know, acknowledge that these are our opinions you know if somebody want, and we do get trainees who want to learn sanskrit and they want to know a bit more mm. about the, the the ideology and the philosophy and we know all that too and we can have a discussion like we've had in in um, on, on the teacher training week that you've done so far and we will have more but the reason that we don't attach too much importance to it is because we've got more important work to do nuts and bolts and spit and sorts sawdust work to teach you how to be a great teacher an inspirational teacher that has got these practical tools and not got, get bogged down with um you know ganesha and shiva and da 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 it's not going to help you run a great class mm. but there's going to be somebody out there who's going to be saying no that's not yoga. But I, I think that's kind of like you know part and parcel of any aspect really of yeah, any, any type of discipline you know well, and yeah. same with training yeah. you know it's, yeah. it's the same like on online social media you get these like technique Nazis who are, yeah, yeah. and you get them all the time like you'll post a video up and then some bloody wise guy is like oh, oh actually you know your, your lumbar spine should be in this fixed <laughs> position but, and you're like well actually because I always say to you there's no such thing as perfect technique there is such thing as safe technique yeah, okay. and, yeah, okay. and, and it really winds me up when people are so set in their ways mm-hmm. of how you know the perfect squat stance is X well, mm. yeah, you, you, you try and carry that over into you know, like into like a, I don't know, thirty people, like right? a game of basketball <laughs> when you've jumped up for a, to to grab a, a ball and you're going to land in this perfect squat position. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. chances are you're not. You fit one foot's going to be pointing one way, the yeah. other's going to be pointing another. You land how you land. And, Absolutely. And um, but going back to something you mentioned, kind of, I suppose near the beginning, where you you, you spoke about, you know, that there's there's a big focus on just movement in general now. Mm-hmm. And I suppose with the power of social media, you see a lot of these kind of like calisthenic guys who are doing some really kind of crazy, impressive stuff. And yeah, it's kind yeah. of like a bit of a halfway house between, I suppose, just general body weight stuff and gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Cause it's obviously much more advanced than your average body weight workout sure. of pushups and yeah. body weight squats, but it's probably not quite as, I suppose, elegant hmm. uh, if you like as, as gymnastics it's yeah. not quite as controlled I suppose it's gymnastics of the streets yeah. if, if you like but 
but going back to because I always say like you know this was something that was highlighted to me when we done the functional movement screen and I realised just how immobile I was yeah, yeah, and yeah. I realised I was like I'm actually just a lump of muscle <laughs> that can run like yeah, <laughs> you know like and, and it it was really, again, humbling and a real eye-opener for me. But then you look at babies, you know, and you look at children, mm-hmm. and we always say, like, we were born supple. We were yeah. born bendy, and mm-hmm. we could move and sit in a squat for yeah. oh, however long we wanted to, however, however long we wanted to kind of play with that toy on the floor and, yeah. and whatever else. And, and over the years, obviously, through, you know, our kind of poor evolution if you like actually um, school is where it starts for kids isn't it if you yeah, think about it from school age you then start playing sitting. rugby and yeah. cricket you know and it, a lot of it is very linear training and also there's not much in the way I mean you know I don't know I mean things are moving on we train better now with the technology's better this is why we can run for you know we haven't evolved in the last um, 50 years we, we just train better um, we, you know we, we, we that's why we can run faster and jump higher because we've got better shoes we've got mm. better kids we've got better coaches um, but yeah, um, the, the, it may have changed, but uh, there's still that kind of very linear quality in a football training field or a rugby uh, training field. I might be generalising, but if more functional movement, if more natural movement was included, then I think things would, and that includes yoga as well. Um, I think things would be different. You know, our ancestors uh, knew how to hang, uh, and, and our closest cousins, chimps. Uh, apes will rip us apart in five seconds yeah. uh, because they're much stronger than us. So we just to in, incorporate that kind of natural movement, that functional movement, is so important. Mm. It's something that um, I did two days with uh, MoveNat, Move Naturally. Erwin uh, Lacour set it up, French guy, and that was they're very much into their efficiency and their functionality, and that was a real eye opener as well. I had no idea there was a science to running. And so when I, now when I look at the, the, um, the, the, the joggers who jog down the high street, I'm thinking, man, you're not doing yourself yeah. any favorite. service Was it all about like, like striking with the ball of the feet and all stuff that. like that? I had yeah. no idea. It was just an art. And, you know, it was a very, very condensed course, two days. But certainly I came away with so much yeah. work. It's just brilliant. And I think we just, as instructors, we're, you know, we're, we should be continually striving to uh, add to our skill set by going on new workshops, mm. studying with new people. We owe it to our students. Have you have you heard of a guy called Scott Sonnen? No, no. He's um he I think he came from like a wrestling background himself actually, but he started something I think it was called Tack Fit. Okay, and um, I'd have to uh, I might be wrong here, but he kind of had his own style of yoga, didn't he? And it all kind of stemmed from the squat. so like everything was like you know kind of like bouncing from the squat and then like into a roll and then Mm -hmm. maybe like another position but then again bang it always came back to the squat sure and I suppose the reason I'm mentioning him is because you know he looks very elegant that looks very cool the way he does it and all of that and but the reality is most people can't squat for toffee and and again it's almost like you're almost having to retrain yourself to do something that was very natural very instinctive so question Mm -hmm. Um, so Edo Portal done a, a 30-30 squat challenge thing on Facebook. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was like 30 days of squ- sitting in squat position for 30 minutes a day. Yeah. Um, you didn't have to be in one go, obviously, because that would have been pretty brutal, which it was. Um, but the idea was is you'd spread it out across the day, timing mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. how long you could sit, relaxed in a squat position. Yeah, yeah. 
um, and then build it up over time. And I actually did it when I saw it on Facebook and I was like, I need this. This is a bit of accountability for me. And he was like, you know, don't worry about perfect technique. Don't worry about flexion of the spine. You know, like there's no load there. Just relax and mm. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, cool. I can't, yeah, I'm going to get into this. <laughs> and um, I think the first time I'd done it, it was about 30 odd seconds. And before that, my, my shins were yeah, burning. Yeah, my yeah. ankles were burning. My knee. I was like, what the hell? Like, this is ridiculous. However, I did build it up and I stuck to it, didn't I? Much to Kerry's surprise, she was like, what the bloody are you doing now? I'm like, <laughs> trying to eat my dinner, like, in like, squat position. Um, and I did build up to the 30 minutes cool. in one go towards the end. But I suppose like any typical bloke, I, like, gave myself a goal, went for it, got it, and then just stopped. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, what an idiot. Because I genuinely did feel a difference. Yeah. And if anything, I probably felt a better... Um, more of a difference on the days that I mean doing sitting in a squat for 30 minutes was probably a bit daft and mm. that's probably been my one critique of it because I thought the reality is probably no one would do that that's right you mm. know like it's a hell of a long period of time mm. and I actually found greater benefit from just doing it here and there Absolutely. throughout the day yeah. but being very kind of conscious of when I was sitting down in the mm. squat position you know trying to push my knees out trying to like lengthen my spine as much as I could um, so my question to you is that's the longest question in the world because well, I'm trying to paint a picture for, for the people listening um, what are your kind of tips for kind of being able to I suppose get that natural mobility back yeah. with the view that like where to start yeah, yeah. Where, where would you start with someone who came in here you know tight as hell around the hips the ankles the knees the back you know, just to get them to kind of sit in a squat position. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough call. And and we'd always, if somebody was like, you know, a bit of a wreck, we'd always take it gentle, you know. When we run one-to-one sessions uh, and they and they don't want anything specific, they just want to learn how to move and, be, and free themselves up. It's very gentle. It resembles more what we call a mellow yellow class, mm. which is gentle. It's not a walk in the park, but, you know, it's kind of the... Well, the... I know. I've, I've done it. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I thought so... it was meant to be mellow yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, it's still hard work. Um, but um, so starting off really gentle and you know focusing on uh, the hip girdle and the shoulder girdle, hip girdle mainly, especially if we were going to be talking about squats. But interestingly, and, 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 and it's certainly relevant, and it goes back to something you were talking earlier about, Matt, about uh, certain guys who come from a, a more traditional fitness background and you know, they very much look the part, but in terms of mobility, there's certainly something lacking. You know, I did a, a course uh, recently and, and you had to be a, a professional instructor to join on the course and there were lots of PTs and really good guys, lots of knowledge, lots more knowledge than I have about a lot of things. But in the breaks, I was just rolling around on the floor and just kind of limbering up because we, we, I knew we were going to do some physical work, handstand work and locomotion work. And all, I am slightly generalising, but almost to a man and woman, uh, these guys couldn't, they certainly couldn't, you know, stand up uh, without using the hand and sit down without using the hand. And certainly they were struggling in squats. And when it came to the locomotion work, uh, they was really struggling and it was interesting that, you know, that they, they were not able to use their bodies in a really quite simple but functional way. And I got a couple of gigs out of it in terms of 
can you show me how to do that? And it's like, yeah, yeah, all we need to do is start moving, almost like we were going to... So I had one PT guy here, really nice guy, who uh, is just eating this stuff up, you know, and he's yeah, yeah. going to take it away, pass on to his clients, and it's just great. I love this cross-fertilisation. Yeah. But we do have to start with, I think we have to start, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, even with him, you know, he's a strong guy, but we did have to do a mellow type warm up before we could even think about getting him into some, what I would consider basic positions like a squat uh, before, uh, you know, with, without him hurting himself, you know. Yeah, so yeah. very, very building it up slowly, building, but consistency. And I mean, you know, I think the general uh, trad fitness um, uh, community know this perhaps more than the trad yoga community, but it's consistency that brings it on. Yeah. And I don't believe in days off either. <laughs> A day off is when uh, I just cannot train. Um, but my time off, I, I train for like, what, two, three hours a day. My time off is when I'm not training. So I just figure I've got my time off anyway. Tomorrow I'm just going to do it all again or something slightly different. It's the, and it doesn't have to be two or three hours. Most people, you know, I'm lucky. We are lucky. We've got this space. Yeah. But most people have got, you know, jobs and other things going on. But if it's half an hour or an hour, but it's got to be consistent. Yeah. And it's got to be targeted. If we want loose hips, if we want loose shoulders, we've got to target and we've got to warm those areas up carefully and progressively before we hit the more intense stuff. Yeah, yeah. So consistency is all, I think. Do you and Anna, because um, when Matt and I were teaching, we'd go on courses together, we'd love it, we'd agree on the majority of the stuff, but then we'd disagree. <laughs> we'd, we'd outright oh. debate, like quite yeah. loud at times. Yeah. But we taught separate classes, so we developed our own teaching styles, yes. and, and, and people like that because it gave yeah, a different do. kind of perspective. Do you, do you guys ever completely disagree with each other on oh, certain yeah. things because yeah. you teach very different styles so. yeah we do and 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 that's and f- fine too and, and and i'm so glad it's like that i yeah. think it yeah. might get a little boring for us and for our students but uh, and it does mean that certain people wouldn't be seen dead in my class <laughs> and i get that and that's absolutely fine um but absolutely and it's not just uh, and the thing is there have been a couple of uh, courses that we've been on together but right now, we can't afford that. So what we think is, oh, it doesn't matter. You go on the course, or I'll go on the course. I'll bring it back, tell you all about it, and then yeah. we'll both feed, you know, so we can sh- so it just works better like that. But often, no, that's wrong, not often. Sometimes, yeah, Anna will come back with, this is great, blah, 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 blah. and I'll go, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or the other way around, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and we've both got our own little things about I want to be super strong I'm relatively flexible I want to be super agile I'm a big superhero comic book fan you know I want to be Spider-Man I want to be Daredevil (laughs) I'm 50 about to become well in in December I'm going to be 57 it's unlikely I'm going to be a gymnast but I'll certainly go to a gymnastic workshop and bring back some stuff that yeah, I wasn't yeah. able to do before, and that's great. That's all I'm looking for. Uh, so, I, but Anna's not particularly interested in pushing the envelope in those areas. There are other areas that she wants to explore. But that's precisely why I'll go to her class and she comes to my class. Nobody has to force me to go to Anna's class. I go for a reason because I'm getting something from her class that. I don't usually, left to my own devices, uh, include in my own training session. 
So um, and she, I would say just from attending both your classes, she's retained some of the more kind of medita- meditative meditation yeah. <laughs> side of things. So she has the rest pose at the very end, which would, would be you know, Savasana. You don't do that anymore, do you? you kind Sh- of Sh- what, uh, what was that word? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she. Uh, but it's nice because I still think, um, you know, with some, I, I, again, I don't kind of necessarily need that from yoga, but occasionally when we've been really stressed at work and I've kind of flown into Anna's class, landed on the mat, she has this amazing calming effect on me that you almost need to bring you down into the totally. room and, and kind of deliver that that, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. relaxation, that, that kind of calmer side of things. And yes. A bit like you, I think, because we're in the fitness industry, we'll always go for the the strong and the dynamic yeah, stuff. Like yeah. That's second nature, but yeah. it's great to be accountable to something like actually just doing mellow and actually you know something soft or something so it's a really nice balance at the end of the day i think all of what we've been talking about all of it is relevant even the traditional approaches have their places but i think it's just sifting through it all and taking the bits that are relevant to you and as instructors what are relevant to um our students i mean there are certain things that i'll teach that i don't necessarily train myself anymore but that's okay it's it's Going back right to the beginning of this conversation, there are certain things that don't serve me anymore. I can't remember the uh, exact, here's our favourite Bruce Lee quote, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, and add what is essentially your own. Always going to be down with that. So if something doesn't necessarily work for me anymore, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not relevant to our yeah, students. Yeah. You know? But I think that's, um, that's just the nature of this being what we do we're always exploring we're always you know evolving I think the key is like just being able to you know because I you know I have absolutely no interest in becoming a a regular yogi if you will Mm. because you know as much as I've I have enjoyed it I know that I much prefer going to the gym playing sport and whatever however it did open my eyes to to the fact that I need to kind of include some more kind of restorative stuff Mm. I still need to be able to move well and I think that was a big thing for me is like I, I felt as though I wasn't moving very smoothly yeah, I, yeah. I suppose it's the best way to it's mm. the best way to put it and I think a lot of people could could benefit from not necessarily thinking oh I have to get into doing yoga for 90 minutes three times yeah. per week but instead actually saying I just want to be able to move better mm. but more importantly move pain free yes because I think a big thing and, and I suppose it's and again, this, I suppose it comes down to social media more and we actually interact with more people on a daily basis now mm. because we have that connection through mm. Facebook is that so many people live with injuries. Yeah. You know, and they, they just live with pain with the view that, you know, is there a lotion for mm. it? Are there mm. some tablets to ease it? Mm. Um, oh, it's just, it is what it is. I'll just work through it mm. or work around it. Um, either way it's going to kick your ass at some point yeah, yeah. and uh, we actually had a presentation the other day and, and, and I listed a load of things that this article had said that what you should do in your 30s 40s 50s 60s 70s as a form of exercise mm. and yoga was actually right down there in your you know kind of 50s and whatever and I thought well I think this is the problem I think people make these associations mm. that mm. you know when I'm young I should just train like an absolute <laughs> lunatic like, yeah. the body and then fix it yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. and then the, my, my latter years are to deal with all the kind of craziness I put my body through when I was younger yeah. and I mean I'm 31 and even I've you know benefited from more movement based mm. restorative stuff I'd probably say for what the last probably last three or four years yeah 
most solidly. You should, mm. uh, I mean, you might not know this, Matt, but Matt's just signed up to do uh, a boxing match in oh, October, wow. and I've said to him, you're going to have woof. to do so much more. So he has to come to your classes and start doing some of the, the rolling and the twisting because yeah, he's... But equally, he... that's it, you know, and I suppose, I was going to actually mention this to you earlier when you were talking about, like, yoga, in that um, yoga in your... your and Anna, I've done both of your guys' classes. Uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about being mindful, you know, being very in the moment. Mm. And I think with your kind of teaching style and the, the, the techniques that you do, you almost ha- you, you've got no choice but to be mindful, sure. otherwise you're going to fall on your ass or, yeah. or yeah. whatever. Um, and I think for me as well, like with boxing, you know, boxing, I mean, the training for boxing is absolutely brutal, you mm. know, and, mm. and it, but again, it's that, it's about movement and it's about being mindful. And, you know, yeah. if you think, if you look at the best boxers, look at their footwork. Mm-hmm. Look at the connection between how they move their upper body to their lower body, and, exactly. and in a way, like you could look at it, and it's, it's very rhythmical. It's very, it's very. I suppose it's got that dance element to it, you know, like the ducky and the head yeah, rolls, the slips, you know, yeah. and then counter punching and yeah, yeah. and whatever else. And even that for me, you know, I'll do a grueling boxing session that's sometimes ninety minutes to two hours long. Yeah, but my mind is just constantly engaged. It has to be. I almost can't think about being tired yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just, it's almost like a, it's just in the back of my mind, yeah. you know. I mean, you know, th- th- this exactly why um, Conor McGregor has won his last couple of fights because Edo Portal taught him how to move mm. in a different kind of way. You know, he obviously was a, a you know, he, he was strong and handy and, and fit guy because, you know, mixed martial yeah. arts, it's, you can't fail yeah, yeah. really. But, you know, if he was going to be at the top of his game, he had to include something else. Yeah. And, and when, I, when I first heard about that connection, I just thought, this is so smart. Um, I, I was just walking out the height, walked past, um, uh, walked past a charity store and saw uh, a kick and punch bag sitting outside for 20 quid. And I just thought, there's something else that's missing from my training. Yeah. Put it on my shoulder, brought it back. I hang it on a daily basis, and that's part of my training too. And it's you know I'm you know I'm no and it, it's reminding me of some of the things I used to do in my martial arts. But equally, I use the bag for other things. I'll throw it away from me, and then I'll wait for it to come careering towards me, and then I've got to start ducking and diving yeah, yeah. around it. You know. And, and it's hit me a couple of times <laughs> but um, it's just like oh great we should be generalists and again I'm picking this term up from uh, Edo because I've never come across it before instead of specialists we should be generalists we should be able to transfer our skills from discipline to discipline and hold our own not necessarily um, you know that I'm going to walk into a BJJ class and uh, you know wipe the floor with the instructor yeah but what about because I've moved in a certain kind of way, would I at least be better than the rookie? You know, so yeah, I don't yeah. know. But it's an interesting concept, and I love the idea of can we transfer our skills mm. from, uh, play, from, from uh, scenario to scenario? Yeah. And it's what we're trying to offer here in terms of a, almost like a one-stop shop. I'm yeah. not saying that you'd, oh, you don't have to go to your boxing class, or you don't have to go to your wrestling class, or your dance class. I'm not. I'm not going that far, but many elements of those are included in what we're doing here, yeah. uh, because we are not here to make you flexible. We're here to make you flexible, strong, agile, fit, healthy, and hopefully, as a consequence of that, happy too. <laughs> I was going to say it'd be good uh, 
chance then for you to tell our listeners where they can find out more about what you guys do because you have online uh, coaching as well don't you for yeah. those who aren't based in you're in Tunbridge Wells and people yeah. should come to class if they're local absolutely and it's even worth making the journey at the weekend if you, you do an hour and a half don't you on a Saturday and then there's Anna's as well yes uh, yeah. on a Sunday so, so if you are kind of local or in the area or visiting I highly recommend and you go around the UK as well don't you yeah we run workshops uh, so people host us in different villages towns cities and um, uh, Anna runs retreats abroad as well. I mean, on a Kate, I, I, I've done many of them. I'm a little tired. I much prefer going to Tattenall in Cheshire and running a four-hour workshop and then coming home. You know, that's my yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> but Anna likes to go for a week in the sun and teach some. Yeah, and yeah. so that's cool. That's a nice uh, division of labour. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Um, please check out our website, uh, freestyleyogaproject.com. Uh, same for the email um, and yeah what about like Instagram things like that you yeah just, just Freestyle Yoga Project on there and- yeah FYP official is the Instagram ta- um, and we put something up every day uh, and you know obviously it's just a minute long so they're not meant to be instructional because we've got the instructional an insight, yeah. and inspirational things yeah. you know and sometimes I've just got into this habit of little mini minute long uh, speaking um, uh, little tips if you like mm. whereas Anna likes to have the camera over there and just do a thing Yeah, we always used to put because you know we, we teach to music we always used to put music to our um, Facebook and Instagram posts and then realised they were being taken down the next day because yeah. they uh, yeah, yeah, got yeah. music on. It took us a while to get... Yeah, get uh, but, do you know, speaking of a minute, though, and uh, this, I suppose, a point that, that we try and make to people is, like, because obviously, like you say, Instagram, you get a minute. You know, it used to be 15 seconds. Yeah, that's so, right. me, you know, it's coming a long way. But, uh, you know, we often say to people, you know, in terms of movement, mm. you know, if you're, you know, don't always look at everything as a, as a beasting or of a set duration to be effective. Um, yeah. And I think even if, let's say for our even sake, you did have a minute and in that minute you just done five squats and five push-ups and just repeat as many rounds as you could for a minute. Yeah. You know, that to me is like, is daily movement. You know, it's a long time. Yeah. You know, exactly. But it's just something. And that's yeah. something that I suppose I've opened my eyes up to a lot is that just appreciating movement and you know as someone who's played rugby you know done other contact sports for years and someone who's you know been floored by injuries many times to where you know the classic saying you don't know what you got until it's gone and then you can't do the simplest of things like you know shower and Mm. you know whatever because you can't move one arm or or one leg and you just think gosh like I really value being able to to move And, and I think now like I can drop down into a squat with ease now whereas before I'd almost have to like lower yeah slowly to kind of make sure that I'm not, you know, everything's in the right position whereas now it's much more natural yeah. but I just when you said that a minute and I was like well, actually you know yeah and, and actually we, this is it isn't it part of your training could be throughout the day just and, and if it is more functional movement if it is more natural movement it's more likely you could fit it in mm. whereas certain things oh, well I can only do this if I go to the gym because yeah. I haven't got my yeah, machine yeah. around me but if I could um, you know and, and certainly bear in mind we've always got to warm up before we do anything but you know if I'm kind of um, you know at home and part you know I consider this part of the training so again I'm demonstrating here even though you can't see it guys I'm, uh, I'm standing next to a bath and he's sort of holding onto the side of the bath and cocking my leg over and then my other leg I don't want to slip that's clear but what about if I was to not hold onto the side of the bath and just do this and do this, step over it, and then squat, 
and then yeah, maybe I have to sit down to do, and then stand up again, and then step over the bath. That's part yeah. of my training, you know, because it's you know it was hard to do that. But most people can't do that because they just figure, well, it's, isn't it the norm that you just when you yeah, sit down yeah. you put your hand down first and then you sit down and when you want to stand up you put your hand down and push yourself up what's yeah. wrong with just this yeah. surely stand that's up. doable too use your legs yeah exactly so yeah all good training throughout the well, day well I have to say Mark because you are as you said you're, you're, you are 57 or are you going to be 57 in December 57. so you're going to be 57 I had no idea of that and, and you know just uh, guys I'm for you. 57 yeah <laughs> um, I mean we, we, did, we made sure we put his teeth in for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> um but I suppose you are kind of like, you know, living proof that, you know, I know you've been doing this for, you know, very much about 20 odd years yeah. now. Um, you know, but you're 57, you look fantastic. And guys, okay. check out their Instagram, Facebook and whatever, because, you know, the stuff they post on there is hugely, hugely impressive uh, at any age, to be fair, like let alone 57. <laughs> so what you're doing is clearly working, mate. Keep sure. that up. Um, and I suppose, guys, you know, the biggest take home here is just kind of value movement. You know, don't get stuck into, you know, kind of like a one size fits all or there's only one way to do yoga or whatever it may be. Just move, freestyle it on a day to day basis. I love that you explained what the freestyle project was because I'm like, well, that's actually really quite cool. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and any questions about any events and whatever, they can just contact you Absolutely, via your website. Please do. Have you got any coming up that people should know about? Uh, well, uh, in terms of workshop, not until October because we tend to take um, the summer off running workshops Okay. people are going away. But uh, there's going to be a workshop in, um, in Stratford-on-Avon on October 14 hey. and um, run by an old uh, student of mine and she's a teacher, uh, Veronica, in, in, in Warwickshire herself. Um, Where about St. Stratford Avon? Um, do you know? I don't know the. Uh, oh, I do know. Stratford Leisure Centre. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Name? Veronica Winter? I, think I, used to, I did yeah. a few classes when we, we lived up there for a while. Oh, okay. Well, that that's where I started teaching yeah. in Leamington. So that was where I very, taught my very first class. So I used to live in Warwickshire as well myself. Oh, um, but apart from that, we've got our teacher training, our advanced teacher training coming up for existing instructors who want to up their game, add yeah. to their skill set. Um, we've got our online videos. We've got our, uh, you know, online coaching available. So any questions, anybody, just get in touch and we'll we'll reply within the day. I highly recommend the teacher training. It's Thank been you. Awesome. Yeah, really Keris is a to do second module, but yeah, I like also that you spread it. Um, you know, you can go away for two weeks or three weeks and become a yoga instructor. And <laughs> yes. I love that this is over the course of a year. And we go, we go away, we teach people, we train ourselves, and then we come back together. Mm. And I think that's well. I'm benefiting massively as well. I'm, <laughs> kind of, I'm kind of like your guinea, <laughs> guinea pig. Yeah, it's brilliant. She's always like, oh, oh, try this, try this. This is what we've done today. And I'm like, oh, God, blimey, yeah, that's that's really good. But no, but actually saying that, saying that, like you know, not to kind of like talk about myself too much. Um, but that, even little things that Keris has shown me. You know, in little dribs and I'll try this, try this. Like I've actually started factoring into my own. Like I kind of have my own little, I suppose, you know, mobility sequence, if you will, that yeah. I do before all my workouts. And I've kind of like gradually evolved that sequence. Yeah. Whereas before it was very basic. It was like a squat with a bit of a lunge kind of thing yeah, yeah. going on and some 
rotation of the like the thoracic and whatever and a bit of downward dog action yeah, and, yeah. Um, and then over time like Kerry's like oh I could actually add that onto the end of that and it, it becomes yeah. a, a nice little quite a satisfying sequence to yeah, kind of go yeah. through and again you know I, I do it with a lot of my clients now and they're like oh that makes me feel really warm right. and I feel really cool. kind of good to cool. go so it's yeah. just that's it being open minded to take on new information and, yeah. and we'll um, we'll probably get some videos going on maybe you yeah. teaching me how to do you know some bits and bobs mastering my own body weight and yeah absolutely being, being a bit of an, an agile lump as opposed to just a, a lump <laughs> and we're going to get your um, lovely wife on Anna so we can talk about she's got a kind of different as I said there's a bit of a different style so it'd be nice absolutely. to hear her talk yeah. about that as well so, so funny she came on just disagreed with everything you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. But, I mean, the thing is, this is the whole thing about two individuals with their own personalities, but at the same time being on the same page. Otherwise, we couldn't run a business, yeah. just like you guys. Yeah. You know, And I think it's always interesting when, and I'm sure you've had this um, commented on the way you guys work as well, when we run teacher training programs or we run a dual workshop or a, uh, a retreat, it's interesting to have a male-female team because yeah. there are different things that come up. You know? And do you find as well sometimes, like, you know, it's not a case of, you know, one being better than the other not or anything time, no. like that, but we often find sometimes we might forget to say something. So yes. if someone's really asked a question, you know, like I might answer and then Keris will be like, oh, and also what you, you know, don't forget X, Y, and Z. And you're like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I actually completely forgot. That. It wasn't Absolutely. like I didn't know it and, and vice versa. Like, so we kind of have each other's back in that sense yeah, and yeah. almost remind us of something that we we knew. Yeah. But maybe you just got a little bit. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Your training is you're kind of getting two for one. Yeah. <laughs> so you pay for one course, but you're getting two completely different. You know. Absolutely. Uh, the only downside is that I intend to be a bit of a motor mouth and maybe slightly talk over <laughs> Anna, but I'll get told off later. Yeah. <laughs> so I shall give you the look. Probably <laughs> some words later. You no, every strong man is an awesome woman. That's all I'll say. I'll leave that there. 100%. 100%. <laughs> but, well, Mark, thank you so much for coming yeah, on the show, mate. You. I must admit, we are, in, we are in the actual yoga studio's kind of reception area doing this podcast, and it is super chilled, super quiet, really nice environment. Maybe we should work podcast here, Keris. Yeah, more than one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in between <laughs> classes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Mark, it's been a pleasure, buddy. Thank um, you. As I mentioned earlier, guys, check out their social media, get in touch with any questions. Massively impressive stuff. And yeah, we'll have Anna on the show soon. And guys, hope you've enjoyed. Any questions for us or Mark, get in touch. We can always forward anything on to him as well. So info at fitterfood.com. Spread this uh, love with any kind of potential yogis out there or people that are looking to expand their yoga and and kind of like evolve it in, in, in whatever way they want. Um, you know, please, please share away and subscribe to the podcast. So then they just download to that little app thing on your phone automatically. You've got to do anything. And we'll see you in episode 92. Yeah. See ya. Bye. See ya. Bye.